For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The interviews just keep on coming. The Angels 2022 third round pick Ben Joyce stops by the infield to talk about draft day, getting ready this offseason and what he worked on and getting prepared for his first full professional baseball season. All that and more coming up next. What's up, Halo fam? Halo Joe here. Just wanted to thank each and every one of you for checking out this new episode. Make sure to keep it tuned here to Halos in the Infields Baseball Network all season long as we drop content every day. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure to crack the like button and leave a comment. Make sure you also smash that bell icon to be notified every time we drop an episode or go live. Also, check us out on our other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. We can also be found on Apple Pod, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. Thank you again, Halo fam, and with that, let's get this show on the road. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox, and the other host of the show, Fernando Mendez. Yes, Fernando Mendez in the, in the house tonight. But before we get to our special guest that we're going to interview tonight, another angel, uh, we're going to we're going to let you know that where you can find us on podcast form, uh, you know, look us up on Apple, Podbean, um, Anchor, wherever you subscribe for podcasts, we're there. Give us a like and subscribe. Also on YouTube under Halos in the Infield, we'd much appreciate it. A five-star review on podcasts and a like and subscribe over there. So with that being said, we're going to interview a guy who tops out at about 64 miles per hour with his key knuckleball pitch, Ben Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> it's going great it's going great thanks for having me all right uh, good to have you on you want to get started fernando uh yeah so i'll take it away so as todd already said uh ben joyce joining us now uh, he was the third round draft pick of our angels in 2022 went to the university of tennessee where he graduated with a finance degree correct yes that's correct and uh, he also casually threw the fastest pitch recorded in college baseball history <laughs> at 105.5 miles an hour. Now, your velocity is obviously something that people talk about all the time. You know, Ben Joyce, synonymous with that 105-mile-an-hour fastball. Is there a piece of you that gets a little insulted, though, when it's always just your velocity? You're kind of like, hey, I'm not one-dimensional. Like, I'm also working on this. Yeah, I mean, especially now, I'm, I'm throwing a, a harder slider. I mean, that's may end up throwing that more than the fastball. Who knows? Um, yeah, I think I think at least in college, I was probably 95% fastball. So I think it was kind of fair that that's all I was known for. But now I'm throwing the, the harder slider and the sweeper as well. So trying to be a little more well-rounded and not just be known for the fastball. Do you have like a backdoor slider or is it more one that tails off the side of the plate? Uh, yeah, I mean... I'm I'm throwing the the it's more of a cutter, um, so it's shorter action, um, and then the sweeper is big big horizontal action, and then I'm throwing a splitter as well, 
um, that goes to my arm side. So I kind of got two that go to my glove side and one that goes to my arm side. Wow, that's good because, I mean, I'm telling you, the fans were up here, they're like, hey, do you hear about that guy, Joyce? He could throw over 100 pounds per hour. Closer, he's our closer. I'm like, hey, hold on, let's see what he got first, man. He's got to come up here and do his thing. But, you know, because a lot of the scouts were like, oh, he's a one-pitch guy. But, like, you know, like Fernando was saying, but, man, you, you got sliders and, and a splitter. That's great to hear. Yeah, it's been – that was definitely something that I had to change from college because, I mean, in college I could get away with 95% fastball, but – I mean, at the big league level, like it really doesn't matter how hard you throw; they're going to time you up if you can only throw one pitch. So that was a big focus this off season was learning those other pitches, and I think it's gone really well, and I'm starting to see some good results with them. So I'm definitely going to butcher this, so you're probably going to have to walk me through it. But let's real quick, let's take it back to Farragut High School in Knoxville, Tennessee. How close was that? Yeah, uh, Farragut. Very Farragut. Close. <laughs> okay, so specifically 2018, where your team made it to the state playoffs uh, and you were a senior, uh, what was that experience like? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, that was really my first full year getting to pitch. Um, I had my freshman and sophomore year, I was on the JV team, um, just kind of little short, scrawny kid, just trying to <laughs> make the team. And then my junior year, I had some growth plate issues. Um, so I didn't get to pitch. And then, so I finally got to throw my senior year and, uh, me and my, I have an identical twin brother. We were both the kind of main re relief pitchers that year. So it was a lot of fun, uh, getting to throw in big situations and we made it to the playoffs. We didn't end up winning that year, but it was, it was a good team. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of guys went on to play division one from that team. And uh, a few guys still, still playing in pro ball. So, uh, Speaking of, you know, high school, you were throwing a hundred mile an hour fastball in high school and you were ranked 81st by perfect game for the entire state of Tennessee. So at what point did you start to hear chatter about college scouts? You know, were you aware they were there? How often were they at your games? Did you know they were looking at you and a couple other guys? What was that like? Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, I really didn't get recruited at all until my senior year. Um, that was kind of when I started throwing a little harder. I know it says on the thing that I threw 100 in high school. I don't know about all of that. I think that was more like low 90s. But well, um, you'd have to talk to the uh, the volunteers for their website. It says you're at the. Yeah, 100. I remember them putting that up there, and I was like, I don't know where they got that from, but <laughs> I guess I'll go with it. Um, yeah, but so the my senior year, I kind of started. It was just some D2 schools uh, around Tennessee, a few junior colleges, and then I eventually ended up with uh, talking to Walter State Community College. And that was kind of where I figured I could develop the most and eventually end up at a division one school. Yeah. I was thinking more along the lines, you had like a rookie of the year type moment, you know, you broke your arm and all of a sudden you came <laughs> back through a hundred miles per hour, but uh, yeah. all right. So, so you figured that out in college. All right. Yeah. I kind of have, I guess oh, I did get Tommy John and, and then I started throwing <clears throat> harder after that. So I guess somewhat similar. We're going to get to the Tommy John thing, so don't jump the gun. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you grew up a as a fan of the volunteers, right? So was that kind of always the plan mentally? Like, you know, hey, I want to play for them one day? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was – I mean, growing up, they really didn't have the best um, baseball program. Like, kind of when I was in middle school, like really getting into baseball, they were kind of having some down years, and even into high school – um, but I mean, I would always go to Tennessee camps growing up, um, always go to games on the weekends. I'd go to the weekend series games. There'd be 
200 people in the stands. We get free tickets to the game um, just for like donating a few cans. And so it's changed a lot since then. Um, but I mean, I always knew I wanted to go there. I was in love with the school and just the fan base for every sport was awesome, especially football, just going to football games growing up. I was, I kind of knew that's where I wanted to be. Did you have any other schools that were maybe more like a, you know, a plan B, plan C, if it didn't work out with Tennessee? Yeah, at a junior college, I, I talked to a, a few other SEC schools. Um, some um, Big 12 schools were, were big in junior college, a few ACC schools. But I think for me, it was kind of, I just fell in love with the coaching staff at Tennessee. and I, I kind of knew that's where I wanted to go. How'd they help you progress in your mind, the Tennessee coaches over there when you, when you had your time there at the college? Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing was just mentally. Um, they're, they're super big on the, the mental aspect of the game and just always going out there and competing. And if you don't have your best stuff, our strength coach was really big and just instilling that, that mental toughness in us. Cause I mean, there's sometimes you're out there on the mound and at an away SEC game and feels like you're just on an island by yourself. And mm. um, it's just the, like learning how to deal with those things. And I think that's helped me a lot in my career going forward. When I do like have a, a down game or I don't have my best stuff, how I can still work through it and, and get out of it. That was a big thing. And just really learning how to be more of a complete pitcher. Um, our, our pitching coach, Coach Anderson, he was awesome and just helping us with pitch sequencing and learning off-speed pitches, all that stuff. So I think it just really made me a more complete pitcher and able to handle um, the bigger situation mentally as well. Okay. So speaking of the mental side of things, let's uh, let's talk now about the Tommy John surgery in college. So talk to me about that process. You know, talk to me about the injury. What was going through your mind when they told you, hey, we're going to have to shut you down. You're probably going to need Tommy John. Walk us through that entire situation. Yeah, so it was um, – I'd kind of just been on campus for a month or two. It was our first actual inter-squad game um, in the fall. And I threw my first inning. It was probably the best inning I've ever thrown in my life, like not even close. And um, the last pitch, it was a, a fastball. I think it was like 100 or 101. Um, and I just felt a pop. I luckily like got the strikeout on that pitch and got out of the inning. So I was kind of like pacing back and forth in the dugout. I was like, did I imagine that or did that actually just happen? And then I went out uh, for the second inning and I just couldn't get anything behind it um the trainer could just tell by my face that something was wrong so I ended up getting pulled out of the game and I kind of knew that it was probably going to end up being Tommy John um so I ended up getting the surgery like a week or two later and that was uh that was a tough like few months for sure just I finally got that taste of being at Tennessee where I always dreamed of being and then and it was taken away literally within the first inner squad um, and I was just kind of sitting there. You almost feel like you're just by yourself because you can't do anything with the team, no working out, lifting, all that stuff. So it was definitely tough mentally for a few months. And then um, just really grinded um, in the weight room as much as I could. Um, tried to just watch all the games, just learn what I could um, just from watching. And, um, and then just finally when I started my throwing program, I just took it as seriously as I could. Um, all the arm care, everything, and I think that really paid off in the end. So there's a lot of pitchers who come back post Tommy John, and they say like the hardest thing 
after the surgery, more so than the actual rehab, is the mental side of, you know, okay, I'm going to throw this fastball because, you know, they're always afraid of that, you know, re-pop. It, was that a mental barrier you had to cross too? Like, did you have that like, eh, kind of moment? Yeah, I think that, so I, I didn't throw again until that, the fall of my second year at Tennessee. And I mean, starting in inner squads and we had a few fall games. I was, I was almost like a little timid, like scared to really let it go. Um, and luckily I had, there were some guys there that had kind of gone through it. My brother had actually gone through it um, about 10 months before me, he got the surgery. Um, so I just kind of had them to, to lean on and they're like, it's, it's your UCLs three times stronger than it was before. Like you're perfectly healed. Like nothing's going to happen. And then once I got over that, it was kind of just full steam ahead. Does your brother throw pretty hard too? Yeah, he's, um, he's up to like 98 or 99, um, this year he's, he's pitching for Tennessee still. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can, mm -hmm. <laughs> at least you can go and attend those games too, when you get a chance, right? Yeah, they, they actually played out here. Um, their first games were out in um, the Diamondbacks facility, so I got to see them okay. play out here. All right. And then, like, as far as, like, you know, it's rare when a pitcher gets a second, you know, TJ. But, you know, do you feel a little kind of blessed right now that you kind of got that one out of the way where you can kind of mm -hmm. toughen up your arm moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think I just I got so much good out of it. Obviously, in the moment, it – seemed like it was this big like end of the world thing but I think I got a lot of good out of it and I mean it's it almost seems like it's not inevitable but a lot of a lot of people end up hitting it and I think you can come out of the come out of it a lot stronger than you were before so I think it was almost a blessing in disguise for sure did you have moments of doubt during that rehab process you know like oh maybe I might not be as good as I was if not better yeah for sure I mean I hadn't I really hadn't proved anything before. I had a few junior college innings and um, I mean, people just kind of knew about me just cause I, I think I hit like a hundred or 101 at Walter state. I really hadn't d done any meaningful pitching. So it was almost like I need to get through this and actually prove myself. And there was definitely times where I was like, well, who knows what it'll even be like afterwards. So it was, it was definitely tough mentally for sure. So walk me through that first pitch post-surgery. You know, you're going in there, you're at the game, and you came out of the gates pretty hot. I mean, you threw triple digits post-surgery, first game back. What was that like? Was that a moment of confidence? Like, okay, hey, I can do this. I already got the first one out of the way. Let's get to work. Yeah, I think for me, um, so I threw in, in a, a few, like, scrimmages in the fall, and those were a little kind of shaky. Like I said, it was still kind of holding back. And then that first game of the year, or the, it was actually inner squad before, right before the season started, I was just like, I had no idea where the ball was going. I was like, I think I'm hurt again. And, and um, Seth Halverson, he's playing for Tennessee still. He came up to me and he's like, dude, like your stuff is amazing. Like, just let it go. Like whatever happens, it's in God's hands. Like you're, you can't do anything about it. Um, I was like, and I kind of really took that to heart. And then that first game we played Georgia Southern I came in and I think my first pitch was like 101 and I could hear the crowd kind of rile up a little bit. And I think that gave me all the confidence I really needed. Um, and then after that, it was kind of just every outing, I was just going out there and just letting it go. And, and that's when I saw the best results. When you're on the mound and you're throwing that fast, 
and you feel the electricity of the crowd, are you more of like a fist pump kind of guy when you get a strikeout to end the inning or you're, you have some sort of celebration or you just quietly walk off the mound? Uh, it it kind of depends. There was a few games in last year where I was really getting into it and I'd give a fist bump or like kind of <laughs> say, say something. I don't even know. I usually kind of don't even remember what I said, but and then there's sometimes where I'm just like kind of trying to look cool and shred off the mound, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just depends on the situation. We, we have, you have time to find your, uh, your niche, man, when it, when it comes to uh, your celebration. I mean, you, I don't. I don't think you should do the Trevor Bauer type sword in the, you know, the side yeah. or whatever. But the McGregor strut. Yeah, you, you got to come <laughs> up with something, man. You throw that kind of fire, you got to have some sort of celebration, man. Yeah, I agree. I need to. I, I really need to work on that for sure. I think you just turn at the center field camera and just kind of smile. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. time. Wink at the yeah. camera. Yeah. yeah. Like Araldus Chapman after he threw the fastball after pooping himself on the mound, he just looked at center field camera and just smiled. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so walk me through draft day and what it was like getting your name called 89th overall. Yeah, it was um it was a crazy day. I mean, the so the first the first and second round, I kind of I mean, there was a chance like someone would would take a take a deal and I I'd go then and that kind of went past. So the second day was like the start of the third round, it was just super fast moving. Um there was some there's like a bunch of different teams that like could have worked out um i'd really only talked to the angels at the combine uh, before the draft um so i had like I, I knew a good bit about them from that conversation but it wasn't like i was talking to them all the time they were kind of one of the ones that it was just one and done kind of thing um so i was just kind of sitting there and my agent calls me he's like hey um would you like to be an angel and i was like yeah <laughs> let's do it like i'd love to and um and then he's like all right well your name's gonna get called here soon and i think i kind of like i I think i kind of like blacked out a little bit i was like <laughs> i was my parent or my parents were like obviously knew i was on the phone with them and um and they were like i was like just watch the tv like it's about to happen and uh and then my name got called and that was probably one of the the coolest experiences of my life for sure and just all the, the hard work paying off and getting to hear my name called in the draft yeah, we just had Zach Neto on, and Zach Neto said almost the same thing about like, except he said the Angels didn't talk to him at all. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of the guys are, you know, just saying that the Angels, especially Perry, just kind of works in silence. Yeah, it's it's interesting, like just how differently teams do it, and I mean they they definitely went out and did did scouting, like they're like just talking with them after there were scouts at some of the games, but they're really kind of laying low and just scouting from afar i guess which i think is, is a really good way to do it yeah i think the previous regime was more along the lines of telling you who they were going to draft and then then we'd lose those guys but this this regime seems to be like fernando said very very quiet and uh but when they t- do talk to you it seems like they keep you on their board you know like like yeah. they're not just like talking to you to talk to you you're they're pretty serious about you so we're happy they got you and um how was it you know when you saw yourself on television, I know you said it was like you kind of blacked out a bit, but was your family around you pretty emotional and everything? Yeah, I mean, my mom and dad were both crying. Um, my brother was there. A few of my buddies from Tennessee. Uh, my girlfriend was there. It was I mean, everyone was. It was it was an awesome experience just having them all there. And uh, my mom, I don't think she stopped crying for like an hour. <laughs> um, that was that was pretty That's awesome. 
yeah it was it was just an it was an awesome moment for sure and it was good to have all them there and get to share that moment with them that's great you probably you must have told her like 30 times mom it's okay it's okay yeah yeah i was like she was like i'm not crying like because i'm sad i'm just like i don't know what to do yeah well i mean you know you got to think about it from her right you know dealing with all the baseball practices and you know the 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 long travel I, i'm assuming you play travel ball the long you know travel ball trips and and all the bs that comes with like playing baseball growing up as a kid obviously you love it but i mean it's not fun for the parents to deal with let's be honest yeah so, well i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't be here without them because they were of course yeah i mean me and my brother we were from sixth grade on we were at that baseball field every single day i think just trying to we needed rides there rides back um <laughs> Big grocery bills, so I mean, I owe a lot, owe a lot to them for sure. <laughs> well, that's great. That's, I mean, it 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 does pay off. You know, the more interviews we've done with the, um, the selections by the Angels, they have similar uh, stories. Like Fernando said, was that uh, Neto's family too? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's real quick uh, talk about the uh, the the signing process post draft. So I, obviously the information is out there. Respectfully, I won't say how much you signed for, but you did sign well over slot. So I, I don't know if you're going to give me the cliche answer that it's not about the money, but realistically, man, you earned every penny you got. So was that kind of something that you were mindful of? You know, yeah, you got a degree, but you worked for the money that you signed for, or did it really not matter to you at all? Um, I mean, obviously I just wanted to, to play at the professional level. I, I really didn't even – Honestly, to to be completely truthful, I didn't know like what to even expect in that regard. Um, going into the draft, it was kind of like up to my agent. Like they were working it out, and it ended up working out really well. And and I'm thankful for that. But I mean, for me, it was just whatever happens, happens. And I'm just trying to play professional baseball and eventually make it to the big leagues, where that won't even matter, anyways. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. So you went straight to a contending trash pandas team. Uh, your first outing, you gave up four hits, two earned runs with a strikeout in your first pro inning. What was it like to essentially get thrown in the deep end? I mean, you know, this is a team contending for the second half title, and you're going straight to double A. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I mean, that's that's what I wanted. Um, I wanted to to move quick and and get thrown in there because I think that's where you learn the most like whether obviously my first outing didn't go great and I learned a lot from that um and I don't think I would have learned that if I just took the the rest of the year to develop and not throw at all um I think just going out there and throwing in a a game like that is where you really learn the most about yourself and and what pitches work at this level and what don't so I was uh, like super grateful for that opportunity and I think that that first outing really helped me a lot because, I mean, on paper it looked looked bad, but for me, I, I broke the four of the hits were broken bat singles and um, mm-hmm. was throwing strikes and all that. So I think I, I kind of learned what works and what doesn't, and that was when I really knew like I needed to get that harder slider. So I think all in all, it was it was an awesome experience. Is that what you worked on primarily this off season? That slider? Yeah, that was almost like my complete focus was staying healthy like trying to maybe get a little stronger and then work on that cutter yeah you get those pitches with you start landing that fastball and getting swings and misses on that and then you hit them with a slider you're gonna make a lot of players look foolish up there so when when you're on the mound in that first appearance 
I mean, were your knees jello or were you able to pretty much, you know, from your Tennessee days, keep a good composure and just know that, hey, I got to work through this inning or two? Yeah, I feel like I I kept my composure pretty well. Um, I think I was well prepared for that kind of situation. Um, I mean, it was it was definitely not how I envisioned it going for sure. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it got to work out of it and um, my next however many outings I thought were, were great after that. So it was kind of just a stepping stone and, and I thought I handled it pretty well and, and I kept my composure pretty well. Yeah. I mean, broken bats, I mean, that's, that's uh, you can't control the ball goes after that, but I mean, if you're breaking mm-hmm. bats, man, you're doing something good. So, you know, yeah, it, exactly. there's no, there's no shame in that inning. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you ended up your first pro season with a one and zero record, 2.08 ERA, 20 strikeouts and a save and 13 appearances. So clearly your first outing didn't phase you much. And uh, you're absolutely right when you say that you obviously were able to take what, you know, quote unquote mistakes might have been made the first outing and clearly turn it around because those are great numbers for a first pro season. Um, All right. So I guess one of the last questions, uh, do you enjoy knowing that the organization has high hopes for you and they have you on this kind of accelerated path forward? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's super exciting. Um, I'm super grateful for like, the opportunities they're giving me and, and how fast they're pushing me through this. Cause I think it's, that's the way I'm going to learn. And I, I honestly think like if, if I throw to my ability, I can pitch at the major league level. Now um, it's just fine tuning all the other stuff that, that goes along with that. Um, and they're, they're awesome working with me with all that stuff and super just, you can just tell they're in, in my corner, just whatever I need. They're, they're helping me with it, whether it's, extra fielding practice, extra stuff in bullpens, all that stuff. They've been awesome and super grateful for them for that. That's a clip right there, Todd. I can throw in the majors right now. Yeah. (laughs) And then my my last question to you is, you know, we've talked to a few of the other guys have been drafted in those draft classes that Perry went on, got all the pitchers. And, you know, they've all said that you guys are pretty close, especially at the trash panda level. Is that true? Are you guys, you guys pretty good, you know, with, with, uh, you know, teaching each other or, or looking at uh, another pitcher and be like, Hey man, maybe you should try this, giving each other tips, being very encouraging. You guys pretty close over there. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, like every bullpen, all the other guys are watching and giving feedback if you want it or always open for feedback. It doesn't matter who they are, how long they've been pitching. They're all, they're all there and they're all supporting everyone. And it's, it's been cool to just, see how welcoming everyone was especially I mean my my first spring training they're they're asking me if I need anything asking me if if I'm comfortable with with what all they're doing and or if I need help with anything and um, it's just it's super cool to see the atmosphere they've built here in in this organization yeah we heard the vibes very good over there it's awesome Uh, I mean even just not even from a pitching standpoint like guys they brought in like Brett Phillips he's I mean, he's one of the best dudes I've ever met, I think. And oh, wow. every day he's asking me, like, how I'm doing, like, how how's my family, all this stuff. Um, it's just super cool to see how invested they are in everyone else. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you how your first spring training's been, but, I mean, I feel like you kind of already answered that. <laughs> so, uh, last question I, I guess I have formally here, and this is what we ask every single minor leaguer who we've had on the show for the last three years. The minor leagues are an absolute grind. Obviously, you guys are in a little bit better shape now than, you know, some of the guys five, six, ten years ago. 
But with that being said, things in the liners still aren't perfect. So why is Ben Joyce going to make it to the show? I think for me, it's just the work ethic that I've instilled since I was in sixth grade when I started getting into the middle school program. It was, I mean, I was going every day, working out, looking up workouts I could do, uh, mobility routines. I was, I was at the field almost 24 hours a day. Like that's almost not an exaggeration. Um, I was always trying to get an edge and everything. And I think that left a chip on my shoulder and I'm, I'm continuing to work that way even now. So I, I don't see why the, the work is not going to be what holds me back. That's for sure. And I think I'm just continuing to get better every day and whatever I need to do to make it there and stick, I'm going to do it. So. That's good to hear. We'd love to see you uh, come out of that bullpen in Anaheim. That's for sure. Oh, I, I would, I would love to be there. <laughs> Wait, what, what, what would be your theme song coming theme out? Song, uh, song. My walkout song was uh shoot to throw by ACDC last oh, year. Okay. That was pretty good. I, I maybe might try to find something a little more like with a little more of a buildup. Okay. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I've always wanted to see somebody come out to Mr. Brightside. <laughs> yeah that'd be good and by the uh, way tell, tell perry give him a, a nudge next time you see him and, and say hey man i got a brother that can pitch too twin brother you know keep an eye on him yeah i'm hoping they they know about him he's he's doing pretty well so far that's good it's good to hear man you guys super close you guys talk all the time you know about you know him talking to you about your pro baseball experience and you know you still talk to him about college yeah we're super close i mean every Every time he pitches, every time I pitch, we're always talking about it and trying to get stuff from each other to like some stuff we could take away from it. So it's we're always keeping in contact. It's actually really kind of the first year we haven't been on the same team together since we were like three years old. So That's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was a little weird. Uh, it's it's cool to see him having success at Tennessee and just kind of doing our own thing. Um, but yeah, we're definitely still very close. See, you got you got to make it happy. You got to bring them back to the team. You got same team. <laughs> oh, hey, I'd love that. I'm all for it. Back end of the rotation uh, for for the Angels in you know two years. Why not? Joyce yeah. and Joyce. Yeah, right. What uh, what's great. been a go to restaurant for you guys out there in Tempe? Anything good that you found so far? Um, I hear Four Peaks is good. If yeah, I've I'm trying to think. Um, I went to this is more I guess Scottsdale, but there was um the burger place, rehab burger therapy, I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, we're out in Scottsdale. That was a good one. Um there was a place I went to out in Scottsdale that sells burgers too. I went there with Ty Buttry uh last year. I forgot what it was. It was a ah I'll find it. Yeah. I mean I'm I'm very simple. I'm if they've got a Chipotle, I'm <laughs> I'm all I'm all good. So there's one right across from the stadium, and I'm going there quite a bit. But you got to do Waffle House in Tempe. Got to do Waffle. Oh, wa yeah, Waffle House is uh, is always good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've I've frequented that Waffle House many times. I used to have to go to Tempe every month. Go for the <laughs> go for the food and stay for the fights. Exactly. There you go. It's always entertain. Uh, dinner with a show is always a Waffle House. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you grew up in Tennessee, so that's definitely. I used to have to go out to Memphis, and he used to live in Memphis. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely a dime a dozen out there, those Waffle Houses. Oh, my gosh, they're everywhere. Yeah. And every single one of them is packed all the time. <laughs> every It doesn't matter what time of the day. There, there's going to be – every booth's going to be full. 
Yep. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I one thing I never understand about Waffle House is like how that's the same goddamn bacon that I make at home, yet it tastes better there. <laughs> it's the same ingredients that you get at home yep. at the grocery store, and somehow it tastes better there. Yep, every time. I don't. I don't know how. <laughs> well, All thank, right. Well. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Ben. Uh, and like like uh, me and Fernando have been saying, we hope to see you soon on the mound here in Anaheim. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Where can the uh, listeners find you, Ben? Um, I have uh, Instagram, uh, Ben underscore Joyce08. Um, a Twitter, uh, Ben Joyce08. Um, yeah, I mean, if you come out to Tempe, maybe uh, maybe you could say hey. Uh, come to spring training game. There you go. And then after that, we'll see we'll see where I end up. But I'm always open to meeting fans and and keeping in contact with fans. I love it. That's awesome. And you know what? Keep us in mind when you make it to Anaheim. We like to oh, take a selfie. <laughs> but all right. Uh, that's uh, any, any final words, Fernando? Uh, no. Thanks again, Ben, for the time. And we really appreciate you making this happen. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon out here in Anaheim. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. All. Yes, sir. Best of luck. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Halos in the Infield. Special thank you once again to Ben Joyce for his time. Make sure to follow Halos in the Infield wherever you get your podcasts and on all of our social media platforms. Don't forget to leave that five-star review. And viva los angelitos.